Can we talk about Novak's eyes? In all the pictures you see on social, too, it's like, that man is possessed. I don't even know how he does it. <laughs> no, I know. Always locked in, though. Yeah. He'll kill again. Happy Monday. It's a recap tonight of all the action, the U.S. Open. Hell of a finish line, both WTA and ATP. We're here on a late Sunday edition Pure Tennis Podcast. Joined, we got four people in the booth today. It's a little, uh, having a little shindig in here late night. Tennis. Just to talk some tennis in here. Chase, I'm going to start off with you this week, this weekend. Just like, talk to me about what your main takeaways from championship weekend. Championship weekend. Should I start with Billie Jean King? No. Dude. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Uh, that's where he, that's where no, 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 no. Billie Jean. I want to talk about Coco because I'm happy that Coco has finally kind of hit her stride. And, and I think we're starting to just get a glimpse of what her career is capable of. And I'm glad we have um, at least an American that is capable of winning slams. And I say slams because I think with this momentum and the way she's played this summer and I mean, we could be talking in, I don't know, five months that she's winning Australia, you know? Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I picked picked up is once you beat Iga Shiatek, you can you can pretty much do whatever you want on tour, at least on the women's side. Um, and then you go to that a- the ATP side, at least for, what, for what, championship. What do, you, what do you mean by that? If you beat Iga? Yeah. I but, mean, just, Iga was controlling the tour for 75 weeks. Right. She felt invincible. Right. You think she just? I think once you get over that hump, where like mm-hmm. you see that it's not just okay. Well, great, I got to go play Ega mm-hmm. every single week. Then yeah, she, no, it gives so much more confidence because they know they can compete with everybody else. Isn't it wild to watch for my Coco? She seemed like she was just like she didn't look forward or embrace that matchup up until Cincinnati, where it looked like that was the first time where she was like, "All right, I'm ready to come after you." With but like, I think it, she was coming off of a win in Washington. Yep which was her biggest title up to date. And then she had played well in Cincinnati in her forehand. I think she's was pretty confident in going into Cincinnati. And she showed that she was able to continue that. And now we're sitting here on Sunday and it's crazy. She's, she's a Grand Slam champion. On the way up here, we were talking about her forehand in particular. And Mo was asking me, he's like, do you think uh, that's like a technical thing that, that was her, Gilbert changed with her? And I said like, no, nah, like thinking about it, like I really don't think it was much at all to do with like the technical aspects of her forehand or kind of fixing her form. I think it was like a confidence and a mindset switch, which was like you know, get that contact point out here, get off your back foot, stop letting the ball kind of get into your body, start start catching that ball in front and controlling it and being able to take it early cross court. And then once the confidence came, she started playing off that back foot and dictating. And like she wasn't really able to win that match against Sablanka, like. She did play amazing defense, got to every ball. But to make Sabalenka kind of doubt herself, she had to start pressing up on her and playing more offense. And that's what she did in the, in the semifinal versus Mahova as well. And that was something that Coco was kind of reluctant to do. I felt like to win these titles, you had to find that offensive mojo in the big-time points of these matches where her defense is so elite, she was able to rely on that for so long. I think Gilbert allowed her to kind of open up this new mindset to play more offense on that front foot. I was going to say, I think it kind of comes back, though. It, her game is not ever really going to be her forehand. Her backhand is so good that it's similar in the same I mean, sense as, like... How good is the backhand? It's ridiculous. I mean, on match... Like, she wants... On the approach shots, if she has the option, she's doing the Benoit pair where she scoots to the right, takes the backhand. Yeah, her it's backhand different. Is, but, it it, I mean, it reminds me of, like, how Novak 
utilizes his forehands more so to stay in points and keep good depth and control the point more so and and then looking for that to step into the court and rip that backhand. I think you so you think if you ask Novak if where are you looking to take the offensive punch, you think he's saying backhand? Mm, no, but I think that's where he's going to be. I think he's Coco might the most success there. Yeah, okay. I think that's where Coco is going to yeah. find her most success, controlling the point. She takes such an aggressive cut at the backhand and Correct. It yeah, she gets so much body behind that ball in place with enough margin on it, a lot of spin on it too. The forehand, but the forehand's coming, it's coming along this summer. It's been a... It's been three, three months, yeah. and all of a sudden it's it's totally different thing. It's, yeah, just cleaner, and I think that's t- catching the ball out in front of her and being able to direct from that wing. Like, because girls were going after it. Sabalenka, Mahova, yep. the game plan was clearly to attack that wing. Like, there were times where they were just not breaking pattern. They were just trying to pelt the ball into that forehand wing, and Coco just, her... Her mental, well, her mental fortitude just she stayed down on that wing and just stayed with it. And she was like, "I'm, I'm here. I'm ready for this." But I was pretty impressed. That was probably the most impressed I was with what she was able to do. Is and then just the match point. I mean, her athleticism is ridiculous. Might be the best. That's what showed the most. She in might my be opinion. the best woman athlete in the world. Like she is so. She's long. She's fast. She's flexible. She's she can jump. I mean, yeah. Crazy athleticism. What is that athleticism? I mean, she's she gets. Every ball. I mean, she's one of the girls that covers the outer force. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's sliding. The, that's the thing that I think with Brad Gilbert. You, you guys are talking technical, but I feel like what he changed with her is that watching her in DC and watching her play. Like, I feel like she's playing every style now at a higher level. Not just like I'm clearly correcting the forehand, like you were mentioning, but like with Sublenka, she played Brad Gilbert like brain ball on her. She let her. She punched her out. Let yep. her like rope a doped her into yep. like. She did everything, but then the week like the, the like she wasn't playing that style against anybody other than Sablanka. Like she came into that match with a game plan, and she's playing smart, heady tennis. That's like that's why she's winning. And, and she's having fun. Like that, how much she's enjoying her tennis so much more. It looks like the last couple yeah. months, and just has helps a joy. when you're winning too. It does, but she she kind of put that into her game. Like even before she like even in DC, you just kind of noticed there was like she came back to the states off a tough like. I mean, not, not, I would say, I don't know if she underachieved, but I mean, you could probably say she underachieved in that first half of the year. And then she came back, but she's, yeah. And then she came back and she was like, yeah, she didn't make any noise. Right. Until the, like, you're right. You're absolutely but right. Where did she, how did she <clears throat> just get the confidence in this? I would just say, like, Coco, what I saw this, this week, these two weeks from Coco was just basically the fire that I saw in her when she first came on tour. When you're young exactly. and you're fearless and you're just swinging, you don't think. And mm. for the last, you know, tours break you down because players come at you, they figure out your weaknesses, they know where to go after you and just tear you down. And she's figured out how to get past that. She's comfortable, and you can just see she's not thinking yeah. about how do I hit my forehand. She knows what she wants to do. Exactly. With it. And that's just freed her up to just relax and play without really getting in her head. Yeah. I thought she served better in Cincinnati than she did at the U.S. Open. I thought she was going, she was hitting, she was just going big margins in the US Open. Like she was just trying to put the first serve in at a high high clip. Where at Cincinnati, she was pinging 123, 125 into corners, going flat. And against Iga, I, do you think she was playing better against Iga or against Sabalenka? I mean, I'm just like, her Iga. level has been so high. I think she might have even played better against she Iga. Played, she played so. better against yeah. Iga. I, I think agree. you have to be better against Iga because of 
Iga has just a little bit probably higher level athleticism across all no the whole court. No doubt. And I, I don't think we, we should touch on the fact that Arena is – for the way she plays, her athleticism is ridiculous as well. She can hit the squash shot when she needs to every once in a while. She can defend a little she, bit, yeah. like more than you would think. And for she a, has, believe it or not, like her north south speed is it's, it's improved so a lot. much better it's than improved. it was in the last yeah. two years. Yeah, it's true. She looks faster. I mean, she was getting to a lot of those those drop shots that Coco was getting. I mean, she wasn't doing anything with them. That's why she was losing those points. But she was getting to those balls at the very least and Sablank, trying to do something. But like, and Sablank is amazing though. I think. People were clapping in between. She's world number one. But she's fault. People are, she's faulting in in between first serve and second serve. There's people making noises and stuff, and just like you could tell, it got to her head a little bit. But the fact that she handled herself the way she did in the po- in the post match pressing like interview and stuff, and just how she shouted out Coco, and I mean she was crying. Like, she was crying for the, that interview and yeah. just like just trying to. She, but she wanted to kind of get it out there that, and she did a great job. I was just like that was amazing. I was, Arena Sabalenka, I'm a huge fan. I'm rooting for her. World number one. Tomorrow, you guys will both the concession speeches. I was just gonna not to jump ahead, but I thought they were both decent concession speeches. Medi's speech was was world class. He's a legend. Any more WTA thoughts on the on the women's action? Coco Golf capturing her first Grand Slam. Um, I think we've kind of seen the full transition that the women's side of the game isn't just big hitting anymore. It's it's more you have to be the best athlete out there. And Chrissy Everett would disagree with you. She would disagree, but. I mean, I, I think it's the best. If you're at the top end of the athlete spectrum, Coco Golf then is it's like Iga Muhova is a really good athlete, right. yep. and then Coco. I think Coco's I, the I best. I say Muhova is like the fourth best player in the world outside of Rabakina, yeah. but and, but she's a big hitter. She she's like more of the she's classic a, like 2010s kind of WTA player. I I think this win was so big for tennis in general, just to have now Coco as the face of the tour. Yep. Yeah, like, I think it solidifies a good three. Top three. In the tour goes through Coco now. Like I just, it just does. I know. I, I just, I, you think I'm off this the Kool Aid right now, but I'm like, she is now the face of the tour. Like Iga, she's still a very good tennis player. She's gonna have a lot of success. She's gonna win more slams. But I think this takes Coco's confidence well, to a different level. And I think Coco's the one that's, it's she's gonna be the one that's on all. Yeah. Arena is number one. I know, but I know. I, I mean, like I would say, like you could make the argument, like the tour goes through Sublanka right now. Coco, Coco's doing all. Coco won the how many, most How many slams does, does Iga have? Four? Four. And she's 20. <laughs> so, and Coco's got one now. Sablika's got one. It's getting, the WTA is getting interesting does with Rabakana these three. Does Rabakina have two? I'm glad. I agree with you. Rabakina want, has how I many? I want that to be one? the truth. One? One? She's one, got one. One? One? one. one. Yeah. yeah. I felt like. Maybe no, she, she, lost, she lost in. Maybe she has two. But I think those. We have to look that up. I'll look it up. I feel like we should know that. I th- you should. <laughs> yeah, CP, you're the stats man. Bro. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I think that's where those are the those four have set themselves on a different yeah. tier. I will say before we head on to the ATP side is shout out to Madison Keys. I thought, yeah, one title. One. She one made slam. the Aussie final. She lost to Arena. So, right? ma- but Madison Keys, I thought, put on an amazing show, and I'm so bummed that she like she should have been in the final. It should have been an All American final. I thought. Sablanka fought and made her just ask the question, "Can you finish me?" And that's a bad. Yeah, that was a bad one. That's that was t- up six zero five three. Got a chance to serve it out to, and I felt bad for her because that was like it, her level was through the roof. That first set and even the second that set was unbelievable. Oh yeah, my god! Kind of I mean, her forehand. She was just Sablanka. She's like, "Why the f- is she playing like this in a Grand Slam semi to her coaches?" And that's true. I was like, Bagel. Madison Keys just out pop, just t- 
Chet Blank is the biggest hitter on the tour. He's hitter hit, hit, what what twenty winners it felt like in the first. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I was amazed by that. What what the level was in that match? Absolutely cooking eighty mile an hour plus forehands. It was nuts. But I felt like uh, what uh, happened with Sabalenka and Madison Keys was kind of the same thing between Coco and Sabalenka where. Sabalenka right out of the gates hitting big, hitting firing yep. shots, and then Coco worked her way and started making her play more balls, yep. and then just the tide turned. Yep. Yeah, that's a bad like that's some Greg Norman tide turning too. <laughs> you're up, you're up after the bagel. That's all right. Trying to close it. I mean that's just keys a... going ahead into 2024 with a lot of momentum. All right, you did say shout to the the uh, finalist speeches. I did think Medvedev. That was a world class like. Just he's so much fun to listen to behind the mic. Unreal match today. You had, first off, you had epic semifinals from Carlos and Medi. What Medi did to Carlos in that match before we get to the final was incredible. I mean, Carlos could not get a ball by him. And that match was, Medi got that match to be played in a style that was built for his, like, his strengths. And he just squeezed Carlos. He made the, he would make Carlos hit into a target that looked open and, he was covering it, and Carlos didn't play his A game, but, I mean, Medi played a pretty much perfect match. You're a big Medi guy. I'm a big Medi guy. I, I had a friend texting me and asking me consistently, like, was, was that Was that the best you've seen him play on a hard court? I don't I don't know. I'd have, I'd have to think he, about it. I, I just thought he was almost perfect against Carlos. Like, Carlos had to play, like, so well to do any – like, nothing came free. The, the biggest thing that I took away is, like, we know that he's going to play his game, but the fact that we continually watch Carlos go up there and win those points of the net, and he still beat Carlos like the way that he did—he was that's, those, that, that, that's what blew me away. Those like, returns from way back there to Carlos's feet—it's nuts. To, yeah. to Carlos's feet, that consists like—I mean, Carlos was hitting the panic button and just was kind of bulldozing to the net when he really didn't feel that comfortable up there because Maddie was winning a good chunk of those points. He just didn't. He felt less comfortable winning baseline exchanges, which I think just tells you how, like the level that Medi was on from that from both wings. I mean, he was not giving up anything. His the length he got on off the baseline on, on both, like he was putting the ball so far back in the court. Carlos really wasn't able to hit the drop shot like he wanted to when, when they got in those long exchanges because he wasn't able to push Medi too far beyond what and, he wanted. And I mean, Medi, I think. Part of that was that he was hitting the drop shot, but it was like I think Medi's game plan was to force the like a perfect drop shot. It was yeah. If it wasn't if it wasn't like super god Carlos drop shot, exactly. He was at least touching it and sometimes cracking winners off of it. Just I think that was part of his plan. Was like I'm going to touch every single thing that you give me. So he's like forcing these really in, good when he was getting a drop in, shot it was insane in the what in the medi flip the left hand he puts on the back hand say, flipping oh, the cross so good what the i mean no one has I that shot he's the best on tour at that he yeah. is chasing he down the it. drop and rolling that back better, than, better than sasha better than novak with, yeah. I, yeah. I mean medi's ability to get that i mean you see where the shotgun grip is being yep. able to get on the outside and just roll that ball cross court carlos was you saw carlos clapping his racket a lot yesterday and i think that just told you that this is carlos had a great summer Played amazing all summer, all year long in the slams. Ran up against Medi. We had to expect Carlos not to do anything though, because when's the last time? 2008, since we had a back-to-back champion at at the U.S. Open yeah, on the men's that's side. The, that's 2008. The, yeah, that's right, right. There's no king of the U.S. That's crazy. No. So the, and before that, it was four <coughs> times in a row for Fed, or was it five? Oh, four to eight. Yeah. Yeah. Five, right? 
Yeah. And then he never won it again. Never won it again. He crazy. lost the next year to Delpo, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. That was one of the, that's best, the my favorite matches of all someone, time. That's the last time before someone repeated. I, I mean, I so, do have to say that Serena the Joker too. Revenge Tour is done for the year. What what a show that was though! God. I mean, he the, he's he got to go out, win he Paris. He, he lost Paris. How he took out Alcaraz at Western Southern, and then he goes and then gets his revenge on Medi in the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's good. When Medi stole his <laughs> his Golden Slam, Hang, hangs the phone up on Benny Shelton on the way. And he hangs the yeah. phone up on. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean, canceled his whole plan. <laughs> I mean, it's done. I I think that was the ultimate respect though for Shelton. Like, I know people were like, "Oh, I can't believe he did that." I'm like. To be honest, though, like if you're Ben Shelton, you grew up watching this guy your whole entire life. You just saw him mock your celebration. The fact that you were in the semifinal and like you got him to like think twice about something you're doing on the court. I mean, what huge story was Ben Shelton getting to the semi? He's gonna be a top twenty player. He's twenty years old. Ben looked at, as happy as I would have been to be there on the court for the first two sets. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a quarterfinal and a semi for Ben in his first full year on the tour. Unbelievable year. I know he didn't have a great stretch in between those two slams but um i mean plays against novak and novak he had he pushed him in that third set got him to yep. a breaker yep. came up with some some showtime plays that the, that crowd won't forget i mean he but, yelled really loud too after he hit, hit balls yeah <laughs> he, <laughs> found, he found his using feet, all though, that in the energy third set he, it was and it became playing a, points yeah. and getting some rallies so that's all we wanted we good. just we yeah. just wanted to see some good exchanges and then novak locks in he showed up yep and yeah. then he, and yeah. then he hangs the phone up on benny and that that was. Did like, you see Fonini did it in his? I don't know if he's playing like a challenger or something, but Fonini did <laughs> did the same celebration because I guess he just got cut from the Davis Cup team. No way. So he, I guess the guy was there who's ever in charge, the coach for uh, the Davis Cup team in Italy, and he he did this and looked in the crowd. You'll have to find that video, no, but he he did it. Probably more pissed off than Novak. How irrelevant is Fabio Fognini right now? Well, he's like 450 in the world, so See you later. I'd say irrelevant. That's outside Bernie Tomich. My guy, Bernie. All right, anyway. Uh, championship Sunday. Medi goes down in straights. I mean, I did not see that coming. Novak puts the stranglehold on him pretty much from the jump. Got out to early breaks. Never was threatened. There was a chance there, and the, you thought kind of the second set where if it looked like Medi was going to take it, Novak's like maybe the the physicality of the match was going to get to Novak, but Novak just way too good for Medi today and got the revenge that he wanted, like you said. He didn't sweep the leg. He, but what was Medi doing? Why was your game plan to try to just test Novak's endurance and stamina? Like, come on, like that was disappointing to me. That was the most disappointing part of the day. It's like. I was so excited to like look forward to like the chess matchup that that was going to be today, and I turned it on and I'm like, Medi's got no other game plan other than just to make Novak make balls, balls and try to push hit. Him. I mean, like, come on, like you. Don't it was think- the same way he played the Australian Open against Rafa, except for this time he didn't cramp, but. But you, it, it was just there was no game. Plan. Did you think that he was going to be good enough? Have a plan B. Other this than is the yeah. best he ball striker. Does what he does. The best ball striker, the best baseliner, ever. And you're going to try to outlast him from there? Right. Yeah, he got close on a couple of those big, long backhand things, but I agree. Like, it was that maybe not the best plan. But, but what, I don't know. What is your plan of but attack? But Novak's the. You know how fit gotta, Novak is. Yeah. You know, like, the dude just tuned Shelton in three. He's fresh. He didn't have to play that long. So he's not like. It wasn't hot out. It's indoors. The roof is closed. 
Yeah, he was missing a lot Rob, of those, like, I mean, kind of, like, in those long points, too. He was missing, it did look he like was the missing his winners, too. Yeah. It's just like that. But was you're like, not going to hit. Oh, my. That, I felt like he got away tough. from. He was going down the line when he was getting into those backhand exchanges in the second set where he was kind of starting to find some success, and then he'd go down the line and get, he was hitting winners. And then I feel like yeah. he kind of got away from it in the back half of that yeah. set where he just got complacent again and just cross got back court, into those yeah, cross-court court. rallies, and then Novak was stepping in yeah. and going in and ending the point. Yeah, that was a. I don't know what him and his coach talked about beforehand, him and Gene, but like that was just Jules. Jules. They were yelling yeah. at each other. I say, at the end, yeah. too. But, but like, don't come on! That. I hope they, if they talked before the match a little bit about this game plan, I hope it wasn't just like put balls in. He's thirty six. Make in, him look yeah, thirty six. Stay, stay inside the pat. <laughs> stay inside the pattern. That's d- totally what he said. Like, by come the on. <laughs> He's That's got to be what he's, he's 36. He's going to tap out. Hey, can we, can we talk about how Novak kept taking his time in between on a med serve? Yeah, that was a little... He was of, pulling a Siegman. No. <laughs> Towed off. Did the veteran move. But Medi is notorious for just going ridiculously fast. He's, he's got like 10 seconds in between his serve. Does yeah. he? Yeah, he's he, not, he's just, oh, he, yeah. That's his thing. He doesn't bounce the ball. He gets right up to the line and he's, he's ready to serve. Yeah. Coco would have been upset. Yeah, he, I was surprised he didn't go two first serves more like he did against when he did put Carlos. He was hitting one twenty five on second serve sometimes. The whole match he played safe. Yeah. He played so safe the whole day. Yeah. I'm like, you're not gonna take a, a number twenty four away from Novak playing soft like this. Yeah. And he just he never really dug his teeth in and got the crowd involved like on his ha- behalf, which is he's, he's really good at that. I'm like, how do you not try to get this crowd behind you? You need you need to throw off Novak somehow. Throw, I mean. This was the most know. composed I've seen him probably the whole tournament. Medi? Yeah. And he didn't and he, he Yeah. Yeah. This is the biggest match. He wasn't I, complaining a whole lot. Things didn't make no. sense. I saw one exchange though. where he started yelling at Gilles and that was it. And then he just went back to normal well, I think in French you, you, too. You beat Alcaraz, yeah. which is a monumental thing. Was and that then your reward is oh, here comes Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, that's you yeah. know, and you play that that's good tough. and I, I was talking to Joe, I'm like, can you do that back to back? Can you Keep your game like a Djokovic, a Federer, Nadal. Those guys have proven over the years that they can do it. They can even play better the next day. Again, and it, you know, Medvedev. I don't think he's quite there yet. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, can't do more than that two games, two you know matches in a row. Will he get there? That's the question now. Because he's he's going to be twenty eight next year, I think. It's true. I think that was that was a great point right there. It's yep. true. Going back to back. Like two big wins like that in a row, where just you're on an emotional roller coaster. You just took out the guy that everybody was calling like the next goat type thing, and you take him out where he just won his his first slam too. It's like that was unbelievable. And I Medi played one of the best matches I've ever seen him play, yeah. and that's why I was like that was it was a show. And today's final, we didn't get what we got in Cincinnati. We didn't get the type of drama we were thinking we were going to get. That was the bummer for me. Cincinnati's the tennis that the was level. played in Cincinnati's finals, both of them was a higher level than what we saw. Agreed. It was a finals. That was an old school match to me in Cincinnati. The old school of one versus two, yep. you know, older versus the younger guy coming up. Like all these things were coming together, and I was like just hoping it would meet my expectations, and it just went way, way past. <laughs> it, it did, did it not? It was like Novak 
it blew his expectations out of the water. Novak did not go into that final thinking he would win and tear off his shirt. You know, yeah, you like, see, yeah I was gonna say he oh, ripped like, his he shirt, his shirt yeah, off the, during the U.S. Open. This he did. didn't even celebrate. This he man kept his up. that shirt didn't tonight. break a bust a thread. Man, and they that, were they were both doubled over at the end of the third set after that one point. It was like a couple points into oh, the yeah. tiebreak in the third set, and they had like a thirty shot rally, and they were both doubled over and like just stumbling to their towels. Cincinnati's crowd was louder point, than... And I was like, this is awesome. You think so? We were louder than Arthur Ashe, too. I think so. Oh, yeah. They were louder yeah. during the points. We're louder after. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought... Touche. I mean, the final in Cincinnati, that... I thought that was something special, but I'm like, whoa, we might get something even better than the U.S. Open, so I don't want to say anything crazy. But you're just never guaranteed matches like that, and I thought we... I thought we all appreciated that like it, for what it was. And I've had people, even up... Yesterday, people that like my uncles, I didn't even know watch tennis, come come up and ask me about that match. They're like, how good was that final? I'm like, there are not many matches in tennis that people ask me about a month after the fact. Yeah. So I was like, that's how you know, like, and that's a casual casual tennis fan. I'm like, that match was special. Like, that level in U.S. Open, I think, was an overall unbelievable tournament. But when you think about the best matches of the tournament, I think it lacked those type of heavyweight fights. That turned out to be what we wanted. That's my kind. I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. You guys want to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with some some more goods. Some. We're excited to announce a little new segment to the Pure Tennis Podcast. It is called Peakers and Pushers. All right. So basically, the concept is we name a player, and we give our kind of our uh, thought if they've peaked or not, or if they're still kind of pushing to the top and kind of to new heights. And peak meaning what they've reached their highest rank highest. specifically. Correct. Or the yeah, correct. So first player we've got. Listed heading into the 2024 season, even though I know we've got some tennis left, but Casper Rude. Trace, talk to me. <laughs> is Casper Reed peaked or is he pushing? I, I've been a Casper guy for some time now, but I, I'm going to go. He was world number two. He was world number two, so he has peaked. <laughs> and he's definitely peaked this year because they're not playing any clay terms the rest of the year. And I don't think he's ever been to China. I'm going to have to agree with that. I don't think he's going to do well in China. I don't see him going to world number one. That's a, no. that's safe. That's a safe That's a call. safe one. That's a safe one. <laughs> he's pushing hard. <laughs> I have to agree as well. I mean, there's no way. I yeah. mean, Casper's. I mean, I would like yeah. it, too. I mean, he seems like the guy a great forehand. But I think he might drop out of the top ten. Like, real quick. Real soon. I think he'll be out of the top twin. But I think he, I think he floats top. around 20. Okay. Yeah. Next up. Got Stefanos Sitipas, former world number three. Peaked. Peaked. <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, Stefanos is just, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I watched him last year at Western and Southern bag it in the final. That was really disappointing. Against George? Against George, yeah. Against George, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just... You know, I just don't think he's got the fire. I don't think he's got the, you know, the, you got to want it. I just don't see that Mm-mm. in him. There's so many other guys coming up. Do you think, so you thought he started losing it back then? Oh, yeah. Wow. I was thinking it was more recent, but that's, yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I don't, any 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 of the guys in the that are at the top right now, you look at Djokovic, you look at any of those top guys that really you think are going to threaten for number one, mm-hmm. and they would have never bagged it. I agree. Yeah. The, the thing that's rough about that too is that he's got to go to peak. He he has to get past where he was. He's not going past three. 
I don't think he gets past five. I don't know what he's at. I think live rankings, he's probably five right now. I don't think he's going to get past five because, I mean, you've got Novak, Carlos, Daniil. I think Sasha's going to be four in no time. Sinner. And then Holger and Sinner. I mean, he might not even be six. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Passes, right. Yeah. I think he's out. Beat. It's a crowded room. It's yeah. a crowded room. <laughs> Since he knows it has no room at this table, and he's yeah he's he's distracted. He's got they they want to win a slam together. <laughs> That's cute. That'd be adorable. That's not gonna <laughs> Next up, oh. we've got Mr. Christopher Eubanks, the world number thirty at a career high. Chase, has your Titan Fiber bro peaked, or is he pushing? I think he's peaked. Oh, I know, I know. Twenty, what, twenty-seven? Yeah. He's twenty-seven, but I think I think he makes a good living on on tour, staying within the top fifty. I just don't know. He's gonna have to have a really good run in back-to-back slams in Australia, and then you, you think his game's not stable enough to hold up? I don't think it is. He plays way too volatile. He has zero net clearance on ninety percent of the balls that he hits. So, I I have to agree. I think he's peaked. I love him, though. I think he's going to be awesome in the booth. No. He, dude, he is fen- phenomenal in the booth. I mean, I have to say, he's going to have – he might make more money off – and that's no dis- – yep. he might make money – more money off the, off the court. Exactly. Dude, and he looks great in the booth doing it, man. He looks like he's ready for – to take somebody's business job if he needs to, too. Yeah, yeah Wimbledon run was nice. No, legendary stuff, Chris. All right, next up, we got Mr. Cameron Norrie, the former world number eight. Definitely no, talk peaked. to me. Definitely peaked. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation there. I dude, talk. I could not agree any more. The dude is so peaked. <laughs> <laughs> and I did one of the he nicest wor- guys too. He, he worked his butt off. Yep. To get his game to where it was. The fact that he got but, the eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at Zverev. You look at Alcaraz. You look at Sinner and the way these guys are hitting the ball. And I just don't see how he can hold up. No shot. The shovel? How about the yeah, shovel? Yeah, he Bed- over, that Bed- shovel, Bed- he over. can out-consistent those guys. I, I'm just not sure Cam Norrie can do it at this point. No. What? What? How did he get top 10, though? What was he doing that, that disrupted people so much that he was able to get here? Like, just... I, well, he has that weird... No airs. We he has that at it. weird yeah. way he hits his forehand versus a backhand. Like, one has heavy spin and the other one doesn't. It's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of difficult to deal with when you feel like you're playing against two different players, mm-hmm. two different play styles based on the way he hits the ball off of either side. That's a very good point. I feel like he made like so few errors last year that it was just like the amount of like balls he was making has just put him into the top With 10. depth too. And just depth. Yeah. And total was, depth. He had the like, I, I don't know if he was battling some, just from some fatigue. He played every event it felt like last year. Yeah, he did. And he got, and he was, Long matches to physical, yeah. brutal matches, and it was week after week. It was like Cam Nori, Cam Nori, Cam Nori. I'm like, this dude is gone. And that was one of the most amazing years for a player that we didn't expect much from at all. Like that we've I've ever seen. Like for a guy, a guy off the as off the radar as he was, for him to have that kind of year and just beat guys like Taylor Fritz and push guys like just Shovel push guys around. like uh, Alcaraz in Cincinnati, and it was just it was a phenomenal year. So no knock on him, but. Mr. Cam Nori, he's peaked. It's a lot of peakers. That's a, dude. This is a good. This is a juicy list, though. There will be a. There will be someone pushing. There's going to be a riser. I, I push her. Here we go. Next up, we've got Mr. Alex Dimonor, currently the world number thirteen, who has been as high as world number twelve. CP, is that a peaker or a pusher? 
Uh, this one's the toughest one for me because I, I really like Damonar. <laughs> I'm going to say a pusher, but I don't think he makes it past 10. But you think he gets to 10? I think he gets to 10. And that's mainly because... Maybe wrong. This is mainly because I have zero faith in Taylor Fritz, and I think he's dropping out, and I think Casper Ruud's dropping out. And what's Damon Arbin doing? Playing great tennis. So he's going to scoot right up in there to 10. I could see. I could see. I love it. I was going to know I like him. Yeah, I know you do. I would have. But I feel like... He's he's like... I feel like he's at the start of like a bigger like move. Is he I feel like he's played... I mean, I'm just like, what is he like? What's he gonna do differently? Not like a big. He doesn't big move. have I don't to. See Those him. guys that's, just aren't gonna do well. All right, even fair, if, fair. and like honestly, even if he gets to ten, continue to get good results. Oh, he's still pushing. He's still pushing. If he gets to ten, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Demon yeah. Demonar is Mr. Charlie Hustle, man. He hustles. I love yeah. the way he, he hustles. Just hustles for everything. Yeah, my dad loves that dude too because he runs every ball down, even if he doesn't. He's going into his time zone too on that whatever you want to call that side of the world. And right. Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, I think he. I think he's gonna thrive over there. So, next up, we've got Mo coming in hot. We got Tommy Paul, the current world number fourteen. He's been as high as thirteen. Pushing. Ooh, pushing P. You know, wasting pushing time. P. I like it. Talk to me. Where's Tommy I, gonna go? I like it. I. He's he's where right now? Fourteen. He's fourteen. Uh, I say he gets number ten. He's got a lot of points to defend next year. That's true. He's gonna be he's true, but I, I think he can carry that momentum from this year into next. I think that meant just what he showed. I, I, he's just he's still raw to me. I he doesn't have the finishing, yeah. you know, touches. He's he's getting his belief, you know, that he can really actually play. He's shown that, and it, it just I just think it's those finer points like the Djokovic's of the world, the Alcarezes do, just really trusting and and really focusing on. The real critical points and knowing you can win those. He if plays he does like a that, top ten player. He can definitely get there. I mean, he plays like I, a top ten player. I like it. I like it. I, agree. I like it. I yep. agree. Yep. No, Tommy. He's got the swag too. He's he believes in himself now, especially with his physical fitness being the way it is. He believes he can go toe toe with these guys. He's got the firepower, athleticism, the movement. Obviously, when he's serving well, he's one of the best serving pound for pound. He might be one of the best servers in the world. He's right. not a big guy, and he cracks. He's, 137 in Cincinnati. I think Tommy's. I think he's a pusher as well. I think he's gonna get. He's gonna get. Doing two with it. Can he get inside the top ten? Is the question. Ten is one thing. I was thinking like eight. I think he could touch eight. I see that. I feel like he plays like a top ten player. I mean, he doesn't like Nate said. He he doesn't back down in like long exchanges with people's forehands, even when those people are Carlos Alcaraz. Like he still stays in there and attacks and like. I don't know. I don't see it like that many other people other than Sinner doing that. Like, yep. I don't know if he's going to make it top five, but I feel I like he's top ten player. For him and for Damon R, it all kind of relies on Fritz. What's Fritz do in the next six months to year? It's true. And Tiafo. Good point. And Tiafo. And Tiafo. That's the guy that I, I think Tiafo is going to drop. Oh, I didn't have him on here. But you think? Oh, just real quick. You think he's? I didn't have him on here. I don't think he's peaked. I think he could get back to what was he ten? Ten. Yeah. I think he could touch ten again, but I don't. I don't know that. It's gonna be tough, man. It's crazy. It's. But that I, would mean he's I said seen. it last time I was on here. I think the top twenty think, so is think, the most talented it's been. Yep. You There's did. so many players. So that, you think Tiafoe's peaked? That means if he touches ten again, he's peaked. He's peaked. Wow. Yeah, he's peaked. Wow. All right. Next up, CP Matteo Berrettini, the world number thirty-six. Currently, he's gonna drop, and he has been as high as number six. Is that a peaker? Oh, he's definitely a, a peaker in my definitely opinion. Peaker. Yeah. Peaker. That's crazy. He's just dropped off our freaking. Yeah. He's out of here. 
It's, I don't even feel like do there's a need to explain six? it at this no point. No way. There's yeah, no shot. It's yeah. crazy, though. He but, can't. like, he was right there and had a chance to – he was in the final Wimbledon, like, seems yeah. like yesterday. And Happens in a lot of careers, Did a lot though. of damage in New York, and he's out. Six foot five, good athlete, pummels the ball, big forehand, big server. Yeah. He's not going to get top ten anymore. I don't see it no. happening. Big. 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 <laughs> I'm already. I'm liking this segment more than I thought I would this is already. Great. This is a great. This, this is a great talk. This is me. Keep going. Let's do it. Oh man! All right. Next up. Do me next. Do me next. <laughs> he said, "Do me next." I want to go with somebody juicy, and I got one. Here we go. Someone that I'm a fan of. Hubie Hercotch. My boy. He is Hubie. the world number seventeen right now. He's been as high as number nine. Big push. Oh. Big push. Mo is Ooh. calling him. I, I'm gonna stay. He's gonna be like six or five. Nice. Oh, Let's wow. go. Talk to me about what you like about the. For tw- a big man, he moves really, really well. Even in the short court, he has great volleys, big serve, can play big with. He he kind of reminds me of um, um, what's his face that just retired because of all his knee issues and everything a little bit. Rocket forehand. Big Rocket. tall guy. Uh, Kevin Anderson? No, 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 no. Um, Del Pete Federer. At, oh, Del Potro? Del Potro. Del Potro. He doesn't oh, have yeah. the huge forehand, but he's like a big tall guy. Ranges across the court. Yeah. Big serve. Just His forehand is like one-fifth as big as Del Potro's. That's the only thing I don't like. Okay. Yep. Everything else, I'm with you. But, but he just plays big. They're different kind of movers, too. Much different. Hubie's a... Hubie's nimble. He's like very nimble and agile. Yeah. For how big he is, yeah. he's surprisingly. Delpo's a long, lengthy mover that just kind of glides. He doesn't really even move. Yeah. He just kind of pushes off each corner. But I no. saw some courtside video of Hubie down in Miami, and it just really kind of shocked me how well he moved around the court, like his footwork. He's a ridiculous. That's I why was, I like I him so like, much. I was like, well, it just jumped off. You saw, against off Novak the to me. in the at Wimbledon this past season. I mean, you saw Novak struggle to find corners against him you know he mm-hmm. couldn't find a, to get the ball away from him and that, that was probably when, when he's on i think he can beat almost anybody yeah well we've talked about it on this podcast about just his return percentage if he gets his return percentage up yep he's a top 10 player consistently Easy, right because he's I got the, one of the best serves on tour if not top three in terms of holding and it's, whatnot but. it's all about his mental it's where he's met yeah green green i mean I, got I, it. i'm gonna let you do that one that's on me I think he's gonna go top. I he, like I like Hercot. I just feel like you don't think he's gonna break top nine. I, that's the thing is like he has to break top nine to get in there. And he's, it's just crowded room. It, it is crowded room, but this is a guy that on grass and on hard court, Hubie should be a problem week in and week out. Like you serve one thirty five, yeah. You, you just need one break, really. You've and hand, he plays me. His he, hands are incredible. He should be if he hits if he just commits and accepts that he has to hit the forehand. You're fine if you hit some errors. Where I, I don't care if you uptick your errors by honestly 10 per match but you're going to tag more corners and hit more volleys hit more overheads which you love i mean do what you are best at as many times as you can and that is crack the backhand try to crack the forehand and get to the net like serve volley and he's incredible at that he's so long his return to serve is going to get better he has great feel from out like even out the outer force i do agree i'm I'm in i like it he's going to get to seven seven six I like that. You're not you're not sold, JP. I mean, I, I want it. I would love that. I just I I just feel like 
there's there's more to getting into that group. Of, yeah. You have to beat some of those people out of this. He, you saw what he did to Sitsipas Boston win. Cincinnati. He just torched him. He did. But torched him. Sitsipas also peaked. Yep. There you go. He's right. on the way out. It's a great start. He's doing Instagram photos. The thing, like, <laughs> I, like oh my. Don't get him I think that, like, with the, with Hercots, like, he won in Miami two years ago. Yeah. I just don't get the like. I want to give. I want to see him win a. I want to see him. It's okay. Here's my honest. He's not defending I, points I now, don't, so he can go back I, up. But Craig Boyden has done amazing yeah. things with with Hercots. Absolutely amazing things. He was a fighter in Cincinnati. Exactly. I and totally I agree. And I love. And I think he. Probably is Hubie knows better than anybody what he needs to like from a coach to work at his highest level. I just haven't seen, and I talked to Boyton about this in the past about him getting Hubie to hit the forehand. Hubie has just not shown that he's able to do it at a consistent enough rate. A little bit, a couple times he's done it, but I don't know if he needs another another voice to kind of join Boyton that kind of gets to him. Because I think maybe Hubie sees that I'm I'm top 15 in the world still doing what I'm doing and I'm having fun and this I'm I'm hitting these crazy drop shots and I'm able to just but like he needs someone that brings a in my opinion yeah a little more fire to the box and it press press Hubie in a different level to really step on the forehand because that's if he doesn't do that he's peaked if he decides that he can accept that wing as being a weapon Mo I'm with you. top top nine is coming. Next up, Karen Hatchinoff. He has been as high as world number eight, currently sits at number 11 in the world, Mr. Chase Pearson. He's a peaker. Peaker? Oh, yeah. push. Big time peaker. Really? Yep. No more Karen? No, no more Karen. <laughs> I, I, I like him. I, I, you know, I, I like all the, the Russian players. I love all their games from the baseline, but I just, I just don't know that he has enough consistency what? to to go in to each slam and continuously make noise with the other eight guys that I think are better than him. Great. I think it's that simple. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I don't think it's any more complicated than what you just said. Yeah. But I do think he's a guy that's he's always good to knock out one big name at a slam when he's healthy. Yeah. When, when he's healthy, he's always taking he's taking a skin. Yeah, so is Lazo Gere. Dude, yes, give, he is. give, give yes, your nuggets. Only guy to take set off Novak this In past the whole U.S. Open, and he took two. Dude, two sets to That's love, almost as yeah. good as it went. Yeah, I hammered Novak when hey, he was as a as a Serbian. Like I'm sure he was like, "This is a win for me." I, I took mean, now. I, it looks I beat him really good. Yeah. yeah, now it looks really good. I hammered Novak at like plus two hundred down two sets to yeah. love. I was not even anyway. Wait, for, he was plus. I, I, when I looked, he was minus still. He's minus one twenty still. I think he was plus one fifty or plus two hundred, and I yeah. It's insane. Next up, we've got Borna Chorch, who's been as high as world number 12, currently number 23. Mo, is he a peaker or a pusher? I, I like Chorch. It's hard for me to say. he could. 26 think, years old. I, I mean, I think he can get – I think he can push. I'll, I'll call him a push. Pusher. He's he's right there on the borderline of, he, of peaking. Do we determine where his final for like highest rank was? Twelve. 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 So we what so we He's yeah. two ten and one seventy four. That's three three titles in his career. I he was just so super consistent can before he, his injury. Yeah. And then you know, he he came off the injury and just played some bomber ball for a little while and then I don't know. It's like the big shots. It's like he backed off and started getting more conservative again, and just trying to, you know, 
he just wasn't bombing the big serves, wasn't bombing the big ground strokes I saw him against Nadal and, and since, what he did. In Cincinnati, he was going like 125, 127, 130. Like 135. Backhand, backhand. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, who What happened to guy? that type of firepower? And, yeah, I'm like, and then the forehand and backhand were huge. Yeah, and he had and he was hitting with huge spin, heavy, heavy big heavy ball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I, I had no idea. And then it's like, what happened? I mean, he, he, he beat he beat Sebastian Corda in Cincinnati a, in a really good, in a it like kind of showed his like style again when he was attacking, but then it's like he couldn't withstand it. But you think he's pushing? You think he's going to get back into that? I top? think he's a he's a workhorse, man. That guy. He is. I think that. I don't know if. I think it's to his detriment. That's a JP green ball. That is not a. I did I, throw that out th- there. This is for me. Chorch is a peaker. I just think. I'd right on the fence for me. There's no. He could get I would to love to see He could it. get to 11. No he could get to Maybe. 12 or 11. He does work his tail off. I don't know if it – because I feel like his game has just been rigid for a while. But it happened to, like, click in Cincinnati. I don't know how he won that title still. The rigid got him to 12, though. That's I think true. he's got immense talent. I mean, if you go back eight years ago when he was first coming back on – or coming on a tour, yeah. I mean, they talked about him like he was, like, possibly – not at that time, Novak wasn't what he is now, but they talk about him – with that kind of same talent, yeah, his fitness level Novak, is still at the highest. I mean, yeah. on tour, he can't, he can't hit a volley though. But neither can Rublev. Dude, how, one thing Rublev about is, that's true. Rublev frying pan. One thing about Novak before, just random, but I just thought of it. Fifty-eight of sixty-five at the, net. the net. Last God, two today? matches, no, last two matches. Oh God! So against Ben and Medi, that's incredible. And yeah. Novak's that's been his biggest knock. And I just that stat. I, I, how was he on overheads though? Dude, he didn't. Miss he wasn't bad. <laughs> he wasn't. He, I saw. I don't he, think he, he missed, missed any. two or three against Ben. I think. I mean, he's putting him down Broadway, but it was still like he wasn't netting him, and like taking he, airs. He wasn't like crushing. He wasn't hitting him to either. the fence. No, it's all just right down. Like, yeah. There was some ugly ones earlier on in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mo. Next up, Taylor Fritz, world number nine right now, has been as high as world Peak. number five. Peak. <laughs> <laughs> that, was Joe, that, was, that was a Joe Green ball. Talk. You don't even have any words. Uh, just, just I, I think I think his coach has gotten him where he's gotten. You know, gotten as much squeeze the uh, juice out of that as much as he could. And I, I just don't like. I, I just would have thought he would have really made a serious leap and and leaped really deep into a major and and made himself known. And you know, he, he beat Nadal. You know, and then it's like since that win in Indian Wells, he really hasn't done anything to really, you know, impress me. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, if you know, all this time's gone by and you haven't built on top of that, well, I, I just don't see. He it. goes and beats up on yeah. really bad 250 Atlanta draws yeah. and feels good about himself. I guess. I, I mean, he he made a good run so, in Atlanta. So yeah, do, but do you so okay? Did he win? That's that? fair. Top five is incredible anyway. So, yeah. Do you think he? Hangs around the top fifteen. Where where do you see Fritz? I, I see him hanging around the top fifteen. I just think it's like a consistency issue. He's just not, you know, he'll go through spurts where he can he can hit with Joker. He can hit with all of them because he's got the power. But then mm. he just he can't consistently keep his focus. And then all of a sudden he'll start spraying balls. He'll just kind of go away for a little bit. And, yeah. I mean, he has the most winners on tour, but. Like you said, winners don't win championships. No, 
I'm all right. Joker. I'm in. I'm with yeah. him. Yeah, five. He's not going to get four. He's not going up past no. four. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, one guy that this is just I feel like he's pretty random because no, I mean no one talks about him, but Brandon Nakashima, a guy that I kind of thought would just I didn't know how I felt about him. He got to 43 in the world, and I was like, damn, maybe this guy's kind of legit. He's since fallen back to 68 in the world. He is has a winning record, 66 and 54 on the tour. Um, he's still really young too. Yeah, he's still yeah, 22 years old. Yeah, That's yeah. why I'm interested. Where do yeah, you go? No, absolutely. C- CP is Nakashima, Pager, pusher. I'm gonna say he's a pusher um, because I think off the ground he does have some power, but his game is very vanilla. That <laughs> like people, it's an easy game plan. You just, I mean, not on my end, but if you're a professional player, you you know exactly what he's gonna do out there. Go out there, play to your strengths, and you're gonna win the match probably. But yeah, I mean, I, because if you if you make him be an athlete in the outer force, that's not his. Yeah, he needs to hit out of the middle of the, the court and tee off and come to the net and just use his his just IQ, his tennis IQ, and he's just solid athlete. He's, he doesn't do anything special, in my no, opinion. That's but he why hits a really solid ball. He's a good solid ball. But that's why is he going to get inside the top forty? I think he can. I, yeah. I mean, I think. I think he will ha- find some more success in, in the United States once he, he's going to have those two fifties yeah. and make a run and maybe some of those. And yep. I don't know that he, he has really potential to make deep runs in majors, but I, I think he'd get a, maybe, maybe have like a fair touch 35. There you I don't go. know. That's fair. All right. I'm with it. next up Sebastian Corda, who I have no clue how is still at 31 in the world right now. It's been as high as 25. Mo, peaker, pusher. Pusher. Okay. Okay. I say it gets in the top 20 this next year. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Mm. I was big on. He was playing. I, I, I was big on Corda. I, I know he's been struggling, but I still, I just really like the way he plays. I, I think he's so smooth around the court. I love the way he hits the ball. And uh, I, I just think. I just don't understand why he hasn't. He's kind of fallen off a bit. I don't know if it's just people have kind of figured him out a little bit. And he's gotten lost some confidence, but I think he gets his confidence back and just gets, you know, a win or two, kind of a surprise big win. I he, think he'll. Get he doesn't it back. have the killer. Yeah, he does lay back too much. He doesn't. He doesn't go first strike. He, he's not. He, he's not scaring anybody. Nobody's scared to play Sebastian. He, he, can, he can do it. But no one's. He, that's fine. He can, he he can, can do be it. aggressive, but it's he like Taylor play Fritz, aggressive enough. Taylor plays yeah. too aggressive no, sometimes. Yeah, but like people look at quarter and they're just like, "All right, I gotta go play sub quarter." That's well, fine. I, I remember like going back to Indian Wells. That one last matches, I really remember him playing well and really like he played Nadal and he was beating Nadal, and I was like. Doggone, man. This kid's really right something. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm like, He was just absolutely hammering the ball. Cover wasn't tennis thinking about it. Too. And I'm like, he needs to get back to that free swinging, don't worry about it, because he's got the talent. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so just we, let it rip. Yep. Got to push past 21, though. I, I just, yeah. Pa- no, 25. 25. So, some yeah. of these kids, they start. I do think Corda, just given his raw talent, and he just seems to have his head on his shoulders enough to just kind of follow the game plan I think he I think he gets into the top 25 I'm not as high as I was on him coming into this season where I definitely might have said that I saw him as a top 10 player but I do think he gets to top 25 I just the kid he just doesn't have that like it factor that I'm looking for when it comes down to just getting nasty and getting like in the final third set or fifth set I don't trust that he's gonna fight for like 
it, it, I don't know. Doesn't have it. He seems to me like there. He's one of those guys that's been playing through like an injury. So like, there's definitely like pre pre injury Corda, and then this year where maybe he's yeah. just slowly coming back to his game, but he just doesn't seem to like play like he did last year. Anyway, so. yeah. Last one. Falkina, my man. <laughs> ADF, Alejandro Davidovich Falkina. It's been as high as 21. That's where he's at right now. CP, peaker or pusher? How long have we been talking about this now? Just, <laughs> three weeks? You know I got ended on this, this guy. Is week three? I'm ending it on this guy. I, I'm going to say he's a pusher. I, I do like his game. I, I think he's kind of a head case out there sometimes. So if he can kind of clean that that end up, I mean, he could be top 15, Nate. He could be a top 15 player. Yes. Yes. Because he's crazy athletic. I swear Nate, Nate, the ball. Just, Nate really wanted to just hear this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's why he said that. I would that. say peak, That though. was totally a, I'm a No peak. way. I'm you a th- peaker on Fakina. No way. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. Why? I think he's got talent, but he's just kind of like crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> he is. So wait. Is. So you never you, forget that like complete meltdown against And he just he'll Holger. he'll do stuff out of the complete blue. Yeah. You're like, what are you what, doing? Uh, yeah. What, what was that? Okay. But so, if he can just kind of figure it out, I mean, he's young too. Like so probably twenty. Hold on. Like, hold on. What hold are on. you doing? Like when you drop seven in a, points in a row in a tiebreaker? In a, in you don't. A you guys don't think Falkina is going top twenty? I think he is. You think but, he is? Yeah. JP, you're in or out? In or out? It's all I want to know. No. Is I'm. P- I. I uh, I'm out. I don't think he's going to wow. go top 20. You're out. I'm out. I just it's no some, way. There's just Damn. so many, All right. so many guys, and there's only so many spots. And at some point, okay, you, you got to like. I think that's where I am too. I feel like I feel think, like he gets crowded. But out. But you think he's talented enough to do it? I think he could. Sure. So then I want to know. But Fe- will he? Where are you at on Felix then? Who also has <laughs> the talent? Always, it's he's this out, out. pusher. He's pushing. He's t- he's already been six. You think he's going? I was six, but no, that would yeah peak. Okay. If, as long as you say he's peaked too, then I'm fine. I'll sleep. <laughs> F- FA, I saw FA at the U.S. Open last year, and he really impressed me. Like he had that run, and then after after the U.S. Open, he yeah, was he playing amazing. And I was like, like they've been talking for years, like FAA, FAA, and I was like, he's not that guy. I'm like, but he really, like, I was like, dang, I'm like, I did, I just didn't see that. And Watching he really played amazing, but yeah, I don't think he gets beyond six. I think they both have crazy talent. And they're yeah. both pretty good athletes. I like ADF a little bit better on the athletes, but I don't know. Last, okay, real for real. Wow, I got you here. I gotta know where are you at on Musetti? He's been 15 <laughs> in the world. I, I he's super young. Yeah, I like Musetti. Musetti's crazy athletic. Yeah, if you see him up close on a court hitting yeah. balls. He's oh, built, it's beautiful. Bro. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so fun so to watch. Where's he? Where's he headed? Uh, you know, you didn't know you were gonna be he on here. Just, did, you didn't know you were ready for hot takes today, did you? No, I had you on here just grilling them. The problem is, is like there's just so many players, and you at some point you have to exactly. think, well, how do I yep. slot this guy? Yep. Even though I like him, I yeah, like you have his to move game. other people I, he out. Yep. Definitely has the talent, yep. but like mentally, is he there yet? I don't know if he is, but I damn, I like there. what he's got on the table oh, so far. Mercedes gonna be top. I think he's gonna be top. Top ten. I don't like his one day. One I day. agree with he that. Is. I think yeah. he's got the game. People forget he was up two sets. To I question the one on no back at the front. Huh? The, the boom. The boom. I don't think. I think that's just a paint job. Oh no, he's for sure rocking the boom. <laughs> Couldn't be a better stick for his game. Uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, all I will that's say is, <laughs> y'all check out the shoes that are not the Honeydew shoes. 
at Tennis Point. They're the Vapor 9.5s. They are inspired by the Honeydew drink at the tournament, but they are actually have nothing to do with the Honeydew drink. Um, <laughs> also, check out um, Asics Collection. Pretty cool that we got the Asics apparel back in. All the players' gear and apparel you saw at the uh, U.S. Open. Um, but yeah, incredible two weeks. Actually, really three weeks at the Tennis Point store had on the uh, campus of the U.S. Open. Flushing Meadows got to take over that place and uh, saw just a ton of awesome tennis fans. I was there for a week, and then I heard from other um, people at Tennis Point just how cool it was to see tennis players, fans, coaches, uh, all types of people in the tennis world. So cool to see everybody. Um, if you guys want, tag us in a picture. We saw a lot of you guys do that the past couple weeks. Appreciate that. Um, follow the Pure Tennis Podcast on Instagram. Follow tennis underscore point underscore USA on Instagram. Have a great week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed all the US Open action, and uh, we'll be back out here soon. Appreciate y'all. Peace.